You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. in the high places of our heart. We build altars in the high places of our heart and we try to worship God in those high places and He doesn't want us to worship that way. What did He tell the woman at the well? Those who worship will worship Him in spirit and truth. Worship Him in spirit and truth. Worship Him in spirit and truth. We have things that are other than God in our hearts and God looks upon our heart and He sees them there and He would like us to jettison them and get rid of them. We no longer build physical altars to worship false gods, except those in our hearts. As Pastor Dave warns in today's study, trying to worship the Lord among your heart altars will lead to death. God is the only one you should build your time, devotion, and salvation upon. Is there an altar you need to destroy today? Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3 as he continues his message, Ask what shall I give you? For one thing, marrying a foreign woman was not against the law, nor was it contrary to the law of Moses. It was not against the law. If, big if, she became a convert to Israel. It's not wrong in God's eyes to marry a foreign woman as long as she converts to Judaism. The problem is, is that these women that Solomon marries turned his heart away from God. They turned his heart away from God. He was more involved with them than he was with God. I love what Guzik said. He said, quote, What did not ruin David did ruin Solomon. These wives. And this was the beginning of many treaties that Solomon would make with other nations. It it cut into the heart of Israel's unique position with God. They were supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. You can read that in Isaiah. Jews were supposed to be a light to all the Gentiles. They were supposed to show them God's love and bring them into Judaism. They were supposed to bring them close to God. They were supposed to shine God's love into their hearts, not make treaties with them or become like them. Remember the verse, come out from among them and be separate? They're supposed to do that. Well, guess what, folks? We're not to make treaties with the world either. We're not to make treaties with the world. We, too, are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And we're God's peculiar people. Some of us are more peculiar than others. We will be God's peculiar people. We've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we, too, are to shine that light of Jesus Christ into the hearts of others. That's what we've been told. Israel was supposed to shine that light. Because they also, they're a holy nation, a chosen people. Israel were chosen by God. But they failed to do this. We should not make treaties with the world either. So we see in verse 2, it says, Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. High places usually refer to the places where pagans sacrificed. The high places were usually places that the pagans would sacrifice. Now, according to the law, the Jews were supposed to destroy all the high places of pagan worship. 
You can read about this in Deuteronomy 12, verses 1 through 5. They were supposed to go in and destroy all these things, but they did not. Just like they did not come in and take the entire land, just like they did not come in and wipe out all of the other people, they failed to do those things, which was to their downfall that God had commanded them to do. But there was no temple at this time. Altars were allowed in Israel at various high places as long as those altars were to the Lord, not to corrupt it by idolatry. Problem is, they would use the same altar that the pagans were using as an altar to the Lord. Not right. You can't do that. When the temple was built, at the end of Solomon's reign, when he finishes the temple, all the sacrifices then were localized in the temple. That's where it was held. We build altars in high places of our heart. We build altars in high places of our heart, and we try to worship God in those high places, and he doesn't want us to worship that way. What did he tell the woman at the well? Those who worship will worship him in spirit and truth. We're to worship him in spirit and truth. Worship him in spirit and truth. We have things that are other than God in our hearts, and God looks upon our heart. And he sees them there, and he would like us to jettison them and get rid of them. He wants us to get rid of them. In verse 3 it says, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father, David. I love that. Solomon loved the Lord. He loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father, David. I love that. But in the same sentence, there's a word there, except. Except, like I said, he starts out like a house of fire for what? Two walks, two steps? I don't know. Except that he sacrificed the burnt incense in the high places. This was not allowed. Solomon did love the Lord, but yet he also loved foreign wives who eventually turned their hearts away. And he sacrificed to God in the high places. Solomon had one foot in the world and one foot walking with God. He loved the Lord, but yet he did things against God. Now, I'm certainly not pointing fingers, but this is a dangerous place to be, and unfortunately, it's a place where many Christians are today. They love the things of the world, and they love the things of God, but they can't choose one or the other. So it's like they're on a fence, and they're straddling this fence, walking down the fence. They have one foot in the world, one foot in God, and, you know, on Sundays they're, praise the Lord, and then on Mondays they're living like, Whatever. You can't do that. That's not what he's... God says, worship me in spirit and truth. Worship me always with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole body, with all your strength. Worship me. Why did Solomon do that? And why does other Christians do that? I got one reason for you. It's called a divided heart. And it's another dangerous place to be. It's a divided heart. Solomon's heart was divided between his Wives and the Lord. Between the world making treaties and following God. Is your heart divided? Are there things that pull you aside, away from God? I'm blessed by your attendance tonight. It would have been very easily just to close the door and keep the fireplace going or turn the heater up and get in your banky and kind of huddle up and stay warm. I'm just blessed that you're here you chose the right things, and you chose the right place to worship. God has given us churches in which we are to worship in. Oh, I can worship God anywhere I want. I don't need to be at church. Oh, yeah, 
but don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Don't forsake the assembly. We need to be together. I prayed this evening, iron sharp as iron. And when we're here, we build each other up in the faith. You hear the word of God together, and our faith is built. It's important that you don't forsake the gathering. Yes, you can worship on your own, but I hear that a lot. Oh, I can worship anywhere I want. Well, yeah, you can, but will you? Will you? I'm going to stay home because I'm going to worship from here. Will you? I mean, or do you just check into that little box on Facebook and say you were here and we're going, oh, well, they watch, or, and, you just, and then you go someplace else? Well, they know I lot. They know I saw. Be careful where you worship. Be careful what you worship. Be careful. Be careful. Let's look at verse 4. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. That was where the great high place, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Why did he go to Gibeon? Come on, scholars. Why was that the right high place? That's where the tabernacle was. That's where the tabernacle of God was. That's where it was placed in Gibeon. Now, David had moved the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He did have the Ark there, but, that, but Moses' tabernacle was at Gibeon, and that was the place so far. They didn't move all the sacrificial altars and all the lavers and things like that. They didn't move that. That was still in Gibeon. Solomon had gone to the Ark and made sacrifice? Yes, but he chose to go to the tabernacle, which is the right place to go. He did it right. He got this one correct. Good job, Solomon. You got this one right. And because he got it right, something incredible happens. The Lord speaks to him. It's interesting. You may be going through a rough time, and you may be getting things wrong after wrong after wrong after wrong, and all of a sudden, you turn right, and you come back to the Lord, and you seek the Lord, and bang, he speaks to you. He's just waiting for you to turn. He's just waiting for you to come back. And this is what happens to Solomon. Let's look five through nine. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. You have continued the great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to come out or go in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I might discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge his people, this great people of yours? I love it. The Lord appears to Solomon. The Lord appears to Solomon in a dream. And he asks this amazing question. Ask what shall I give you? What a promise. What an amazing offer. God would give Solomon anything he wanted. And it wasn't because he sacrificed a thousand animals. It was because he had surrendered his heart to God. He had gone to the right place for worship, and he had surrendered his heart to God, and now God was ready to reward him because he diligently sought him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wanted to work something in Solomon, and he offered them in this response. What would you ask for? Natural reaction to reading this promise of God, as Solomon says, you know, I wish I had that promise. Well, guess what, folks? 
you have that promise. How many times through the scriptures does Jesus say, ask? Ask in my name. Ask anything in my name. Ask. He tells us to ask. Ask in faith. He says, you don't have the Holy Spirit? Ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead me to me. It'll show you great things. James says you don't have because you don't ask. And then when you ask, you ask amiss. Ask. And then when you do ask, ask in faith, believing that you'll receive. I will receive what God is asking me. But you're asking in God's will. So we pray to the Holy Spirit, I would need to know what I'm supposed to ask for. What does God want me to ask for? I want to ask for his will. Solomon said, I need understanding. I'm a king over all these people. There's so many of them, we can't even count them. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. He didn't have false humility. He knew the job was bigger than he was, and he was relying on God to help him. He was relying on God. Look at what Solomon asked for, an understanding heart. Solomon asked for more than great knowledge. He wanted understanding. He wanted it in his heart, not merely in his head. He wanted it here so he could lead and guide. Um, I pray for this daily. Something that I pray for daily is an understanding heart, a heart to lead, to guide, to be the pastor he wants me to be, to be the friend he wants me to be, the husband he wants me to be, the father he wants me to be. I pray daily for those things. I need God every single minute of the hour, every day. The ancient word translated on literally hearing. Solomon wanted to hear God's heart. He wanted to hear him. He would listen to him. God, I'm listening. What would you tell me? Oh, how I want that. How I want that. When Paul prayed for the Ephesian church in Ephesians 1.18, he said that their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. What a great prayer, that your eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Solomon has to judge his people. He has to discern between good and evil. People will come to him, and next week we're going to see one of the most famous trials. People will come to him and say, you're the king, you decide. It's either he or her, or me or him, or how about the You decide. And he's going to have to make these decisions of all these people. It's a difficult time. He's just a young kid. Solomon knew and understood that the key component to leadership was wise and just discernment. Oh, how I pray for discernment every day. Lord would show me discernment on how to act. We need discernment. Not only if you're, even if you're not a leader, you need discernment to know. After Solomon said this, listen to what the Lord says to Solomon. We're going to read through to 15. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. I love that. I love it when things please God. (laughs) I really do. Oh, how I want to be pleasing to God. How I want to be able to have God be smiling on me and go, yeah, good job, Davey. I I really wanted to say that, you know. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked the life of your enemies for the life of your enemy, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before and shall not be anyone like you or rise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there uh, shall not be anyone like you among the kings in all your days. So... 
And here comes the condition. If you walk in my ways, keep my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. I love that. I really like that. The speech pleased the Lord. He specifically told the Lord what he wanted. He didn't say, oh, Lord, give me whatever you think I need. He told the Lord specifically what he wanted. He was specific in his prayers. He was specific. And I think that tells me we need to be specific in our prayer. We need to be specific in what we ask. He was specific. Solomon, what, what he needed. This was a job well done. Solomon got an attaboy. If I've done these things according to your words, I've also given what you have not asked for. And you know what, folks? When we accept Jesus Christ, we get something we didn't ask for. We get something we didn't ask for. Go back and read through Ephesians 1 and see all those major blessings we've got from God. If you remember the handout I gave to you months ago with the 75 blessings that we have in Jesus Christ, we've got so much that we didn't ask for. So much. God has overwhelmed us and blessed us with so many different things. Now you know why Paul could write again to the Ephesians in 3.20. Now him to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Solomon experienced God's ability to do so far above anything. Jesus taught us this. Jesus taught us this verse in his own way. Jesus taught us this verse in Matthew 6. Mark taught on it. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. See, what Solomon wanted was more of God. I want more of you, Lord. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. He could have asked for anything. He could have asked for anything at all. And God has given us so much more than we could ever think or ever ask. And Solomon was asking wisely of God because he knew God's character. He didn't want possessions. He wanted what was more important to God and more important to him. When Solomon awoke from his dream, it was, it was at the same time as also the message of God. God answered Solomon's prayer, and he immediately goes to the temple. He immediately goes to, not the temple, but he immediately goes to the Ark of the Covenant, which is the right place where he should be, and he offers up sacrifice. Oh, I want Solomon's wisdom. Maybe you don't have wisdom tonight. Maybe you're struggling with that. Well, you know, the Bible tells us so many different things. The Bible is such a clear way to live. It gives us everything for life and godliness that we have in Christ Jesus. But maybe you're struggling tonight. You know, I really need the wisdom of the Lord. Well, James addresses that. James addresses that in James 1, 5 through 8. Listen to what he says here. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave for the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. James says you need wisdom? Ask. And God gives it liberally. God gives his wisdom out liberally. Ask. Ask. It's a wonderful thing that James says here. It's a glorious promise. Many times I come to God and I come to him on this basis. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need, your, I need to know. I don't know. You may find this hard to believe, but I don't know everything. 
I need to go to God for his wisdom. I need to have him show me things. I need to have him tell me things and, and commune with me. There's so many things in my life that I really don't know what is the right way. I lack wisdom. And it's wonderful being able to come to God and say, God, I need wisdom in this. I need wisdom in this. Help me. Give me the right way to go. Give me the right job to take. Give me the right whatever it is. I knew a gal once who desperately wanted a husband. And she really pled her case to God and cried out to God. And she felt like she needed to write down all the qualities that she needed in a husband. So she wrote down all these qualities. And this is the qualities she wanted in a husband. And she gave them to God, and she put them before God. And, of course, the first one was being a godly man, one who knew Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you know that God sent a man into her life that had every single one of those qualities? Every single one of those qualities. And she came up to me one day and said, look at this. Look at this. God has answered every single one of my prayers. We ask. Ask and believe. It's wonderful to be able to come to God and ask and realize that he'll give it to you freely. Why? Because he's God. He is a good, good father. Because my hope is in him to do it. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless us abundantly. He wants to do more than we can ever think or ask. He wants to do those kind of things. But when I ask for the Maserati, and I ask for the race car, and I ask for things that are just out of my realm, I'm asking amiss. Or for I ask to be able to be on a stage before thousands and thousands and thousands of people so they can all pat me on the back. I'm asking amiss. I'm not asking for the right things. I need to ask for wisdom. Lord, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to lead these people? There have been times we, we struggled here at Calvary Chapel that I didn't know which way to go, and I went before God and said, God, I know you want to move this church forward. Help me. I can't. You need to help me. You need to show me. And he shows us, and he moves us forward. It's his church. It's his body. You're his people. I've said that before. You don't belong to me. You belong to him. But he wants to show us great and wonderful things and, and show us all sorts of things that, oh, yes. I'm going to leave you with this Guzik quote. He says, in trials, we need wisdom a lot more than we use knowledge. Knowledge is raw information, but wisdom knows how to use it. Someone once said that knowledge is the ability to take things apart, but wisdom is the ability to put things back together. I love that. To receive wisdom, we need to ask. And this is what Solomon asked for. Ask, what shall I give you? Oh, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me discernment. Maybe some of you need that tonight. Maybe some of you need that tonight for certain things in your life that you need that wisdom about to know how to act or what to do. Maybe you're in the precipice of a major decision. Maybe you're, you're, you've been thinking about something or th something's been coming to your, your mind and, and you don't know how to act or what to do. You need God's wisdom to show you and guide you. That's what we want and that's what we need. Draw close to God and let God guide you and let God show you His wisdom. And let him speak to you in that still, small voice. Ask and receive by faith. Receive from God. Amen? You are sure.
This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Throughout the book of 1 Kings, we read about rulers who had victories and rulers who failed miserably. King Solomon, known as the wisest king, made his own fair share of mistakes in his life. In fact, in his later years, he began to put his faith in wealth and women rather than wisdom of the Lord. How often do we do that? How often do we put our faith in the worldly things rather than in the Word of God? If you have some questions about what you heard today, we'd be happy to try to answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit AssureHopeRadio.com. We'd love to meet you, too. Each Sunday, we gather at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find directions and more about Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at AssureHopeRadio.com. There's more to learn from the Book of 1 Kings next time, so be sure to join us again right here on Assure Hope.